What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. Welcome, everyone, to the Ride Share Rodeo audio podcast covering all aspects of the gig economy. This week, I have invited fellow gig worker JP, JP's cor- gig corner on YouTube. For those of you not familiar with JP, you will be here soon. And JP, thank you for joining me today. Ah, thank you for having me. I, <laughs> I am I I am never at a loss for words. <laughs> I know, and I and I and that's why I was really excited to have you on because I, I have pushed back a little bit on doing guests because a lot of people prefer me to cut a few minutes off the podcast, so it's a a little shorter of a runtime. So I keep the audio under an hour, um, but they prefer me to do it, you know, alone because they they think that well, there's all these other things where you do with other people. Just just do that one. So then when I occasionally bring people on, they enjoy it. But when it was when I was doing it every time, it just seemed like a, another thing where I was just a bunch of people. Yep. And so um, I get where they're coming from. But uh, before we start, can you do you want to give us a little background on you in the gig space? And Sure. Well, I, I, I give you a background on me, period. I spent most of my life in the restaurant industry. I, I was... Uh, uh, 45 years in, in multi-unit roles with most of it being in, in fast food. Um, but I, I did, uh, oh, 20 years or, or more at, uh, Wendy's and, and then a thing called Kenny Rogers roasters for about six, seven years. Then I ended up at Burger King for actually quite a while, uh, as an empl- back as an employee, um, uh, as the, at, at, uh, both Kenny Rogers and, and and at the end with Wendy's, I was actually an operator, so I actually had a an equity position in in those jobs, and then or in that position, I should say, and then uh, went back to uh, working for a big company again with with uh, Burger King. Did that about thirteen years, and uh, and I was tired of restaurant work. Okay, yeah. simple, simply said as possible, I was tired of dealing with all the things that we that we do in restaurants, as you well know. So I, I ended up, uh, I was, I was actually going to get into either real estate or selling cars. And, and I, uh, I decided that I would, uh, um, uh, start looking into those things. And I heard about when we were down in Disney world, uh, uh, we were, we were there for a vacation and, uh, the guy that was, bringing us back and forth was in a black car right between our hotel and, and the parks. And, uh, he, uh, I, I said, I, I was asking him about the business cause that was the other thing that I had thought about living in Connecticut. Uh, black cars are, we used to be used a lot to take people to the various New York airports. So I, you're talking about black car service from like limo companies and stuff. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. And but they there's a lot. If you back then, if you went to LaGuardia, let's say when you came out of LaGuardia, there were more black cars waiting for people than there were uh, cabs. And it's this is before Uber. So, right, right. I mean, it was a long time ago. But uh, I uh, I got to talking to the guy about what what the what the black car business was like. And he said, well, it was real good. But this new thing called Uber is about to come here. So. And what happened with me is a few years later, I ended up uh, uh, in in the position where I just said enough is enough. And I got out um, and, and didn't expect to get back in at all. And I only did Uber just because I was bored and was waiting to hear on some of the things that I had applied for. I was waiting to hear from them. And I started doing it. And before you knew it, uh, and that was back in 2016, I really got into doing it full time. And they had me, you know, uh, they had me hooked. Yeah. I, you know, I did, uh, I first did Uber and then uh, a few months later they came, um, uh, Lyft came uh, to, uh, to my markets. I, I, I drove primarily in the, in the Raleigh Durham or the Charlotte area when I first started, because here in, in Greensboro, it really wasn't as busy, but uh, I, I eventually uh, purchased even purchased a new car or newer. It was about a, it had about a, eighteen thousand miles on it, and it was about sixteen months old. Um, and I still have that car. It's got four hundred and fifty thousand miles on it now. So uh, it's, it was a Lexus ES three hundred, and it actually qualified for the. Uh, uh, well, it qualified. They didn't call it Lyft Luxury. They yeah, I maybe they did. They called. Are it you something. talking about like? What, what year, like 2015, 26, 16? this would have been 2016 okay. and, and, and yeah. into 2017. Uh, originally I did it because of Uber select and Uber select was in, uh, was in Raleigh. It, it wasn't in Charlotte, but I checked out in Charlotte what, um, you know, what the black car business was like. And all of the drivers told me, Hey, it's just really way oversaturated. Um, they, they sometimes sat for three and four and five hours at the airport waiting for a ride. And that, then, and, and you, you know, you never know what you're going to get. You could go to uptown, which is, you know, a 10 minute ride and, and, uh, can't, I, I didn't see any way of making money with that, but I did do select. And I, I think it was, maybe it was lift luxury, but I can't, uh, uh, I can't remember what they called it. Now they call it Lyft Lux. So it's uh, it's the same kind of a deal. You made a little bit more money with it, but you also I, I would do Uber X, and eventually I bought a I bought a van, I bought a town and country van, and and used that for XL, especially in the summertime on the uh, um, uh, on on the um, uh, in the summertime I would go down to the Outer Banks uh, here in North Carolina and work and work there. And it was wonderful. And I do mean wonderful money, um, to, mm -hmm. um, to do that. Sorry, I'm getting a, uh, Ooh, this is one I got to take for later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have uh, a lot of, uh, uh, good regular preferred members on, on shipped. And, uh, when they make a request in their you know, there's somebody that's tipping 15 to 20%. This is a $300 order. So it'll uh, be a nice payout on it. But um, to, uh, to cut to the chase, I've, it, it be, you know, after, uh, after several years, a couple actually two and a half years, one of my old bosses convinced me to come back and go back into the restaurant world. And I went and, and oversaw 
uh, about 50 Little Caesars. And then um, at the end of 2020, I decided it was time to really stop working. And I wasn't going to get back into uh, into the gig world again, but because uh, I didn't want to do, you know, COVID was, you know, in rare form at that point, and I and there was no vaccines or anything, so I wasn't going to go back into that. Uh, and I I started checking out the other things that were there, DoorDash, Uber Eats. Uber Eats was lousy in 2017, 2018. It was just, it, I did two back then, and they didn't give you any information. It paid $2 or $3, and I just said, nah, that's not something I want to do. But I did, when I reactivated my accounts, when I got home, I reactivated my accounts and sent in the insurance and all that kind of stuff, just, just in case we'll see what happens. And I didn't realize, but I left Uber on uh, online. And I when I when it was reactivated, they did it instantly for Uber Eats because you can do that anywhere, right? So, mm-hmm. so once I sent the insurance card and stuff like that in, I, I get this Uber Eats and it comes up and it says $18. And I went, wow, I know where that's at. I said, that's only four or five miles. I said, that's actually a pretty good payout. Let me, let me take that. And uh, I'd, you know, it, I'd never seen it before because it didn't come across that way. That night I did, I don't know, I did four or five orders in maybe an hour, hour and a half. And I made like 80 bucks. And I said, maybe Uber Eats is worth doing now. I should go back and take a look at it. And uh, I, of course, signed up for, for DoorDash. And uh, I got on the wait list for, for Grubhub. But uh, cut to the chase, I started doing those. And before you know it, I was back into doing it. You know, uh, 2021 was a phenomenal year for, for me anyway in, in the yeah. gig world. Uh, yeah. I did a ton of ride share during that time. And I, I was making not good money, but great money. I put it this way as a director of operations for 50 restaurants, I made more money driving for Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and all those things uh, than I did um, as a, as a DO. Okay. And I had none of the responsibility. (laughs) About the same hours. Pardon me. About the same amount of hours too. Oh, I I always worked hard. So I and yes, the hours were probably uh, probably less actually because in in my in my position I was driving most of the places I had to go to, especially once twenty twenty hit. Um, it, a lot of the flights were canceled. You couldn't I couldn't fly anywhere, and we were all over the state of. I had Connecticut. Oh, I'm sorry, Connecticut. I had Texas, uh, New Mexico, Arkansas. Uh, Louisiana and uh, I believe that's it. And they were spread all over the place. The owners of this company bought, would go in and buy two or three here and two or three there. And um, before you, you know, before you know it, they were spread, I think in 10 States. And now they've got about a hundred, uh, maybe 130, 140 uh, locations. Uh, but they don't do just uh, uh, little Caesars. They also do Wingstop and uh, what they just opened up uh Whataburger. So, and uh, I, so I was driving all over the place, working you know ninety hours a week, and mm-hmm. uh, I just said, you know, I, in twenty twenty I spent three hundred nights in a hotel. In twenty nineteen it was three hundred and twenty eight or something like that. So it was enough mm-hmm. was enough. Um, yeah. So so anyway, I now uh, I'm now I'm back in doing it all the time. And like I said, twenty twenty one was fantastic. And then 
so I've I've amassed uh, about 31, 32,000 trips now um, in total yeah. between nice. Uber, Lyft, uh, everything I do on the shopping apps, um, DoorDash. And, you know, obviously the way you make money in this in the gig world is through multi-apping. Um, yeah. and especially now. Yeah, especially now. But even then, it was the kind of the same thing. If you know, when when uh, back, when I, it was so funny. I, I still get the Uber quests, and they've actually come up in the last. I don't know what's been going on in the last three weeks, but my quest for last weekend, I think, was it was actually one that made me think about it. I said, seventy rides for two hundred ninety-five bucks. That's not bad, okay. Um, but I and, and that was, but you had to do it Friday, Saturday. Uh, is it Friday? Yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but back in 2021, I had weekend quests that were over a thousand dollars. Yeah. And, uh, and it was really easy to get it. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. parked, I parked near one of it, it depended upon where my last trip took me. I was either parked outside of Duke, UNC Chapel Hill or, or NC state. And those kids are, you know, they were going all over the place. Right. And they're all short, yeah, easy to do trips. And, uh, you know, it was not unusual on a Friday, Saturday. Um, uh, and then Sunday was a little bit less, but it was bumped up considerably because of the quests. It was not unusual for me to do 500 to a, to a thousand dollars on a Friday, Saturday night, depending upon what was going on. Um, and, yep. uh, and so I, ha I could work less, but you were working all the time. I mean, I, I would go in at three o'clock or thereabouts in the afternoon on Fridays and work until um, right, about the same time in the morning. And then mm -hmm. next day on Saturday, depending upon whether there was a football game or basketball or whatever was going on, I'd start about then and then do it again until, uh, until three in the morning. And, uh, and then Sunday I would start a little earlier, but I would, you know, finish up a lot later. So, um, but that's, yeah. uh, that is, my my story <laughs> that's your story yeah. but yeah and before before we totally get into this i want to since you mentioned the service industry i've mentioned it enough times on my podcast that's probably some of the listeners are sick of it but i myself did 25 years in the restaurant bar industry i've been an owner i've been a general manager i've been a bartender all this stuff and i got to tell you guys if you're ever looking to step up the ladder in the restaurant industry and be a gm they're going to put you on a salary and my one piece of advice to you is make sure if you're going to do something like that, have a stake in the company. Absolutely. Good advice. If you, if you don't, you're just going to get so burnt out, you're not going to believe it. Well, my advice is, is, is actually a little bit different. That is, you know, go do it for a year or two, but unless you really love it, get out and find something else where you can actually make great. Money. Oh yeah. Of you course. I mean, nobody's going to hire you to be a GM out without any experience anyway, or to yeah, be, but, but even if you're <laughs> a GM, even if you're, like I said, a, 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 even if you're a multi-unit and you have eight, 10, 15 locations, mm -hmm. uh, you're still only looking at, you know, maybe a hundred grand a year. And it's a lot of work and a lot of, yeah. a lot of responsibilities, a lot of people, you know, you have, uh, I don't know, I, when I left, I probably had seven, 800 people in the organization. There's all kinds of things that are happening every single day. Yeah. And, and in today's world, it's just no fun, uh, at least not to me. And I told my kids, I wouldn't, I would not get into the fast food business again, if I had it to do all over again. So, yeah, I mean, um, I, I honestly, yeah, I honestly believe I've, I've, I've always said that I, I think every, I almost think that as a as a high school senior 
which my my son's a junior. He's about to be a senior. But uh-huh. as a I feel like as a senior, you should have to be you should have to do something service industry. <laughs> like I, it should I be would. a recommend. I mean, even if even if you're privileged and you, no, I would never. I I feel like you ha- you should have to to graduate because you need to understand what that type of life is like. Well, you understand. You you get a real a real good understanding of what work is all about. And, right. And how hard it is. And, and, uh, you know, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I, I, I the first 25 years I, that I did this, I loved it. Okay. It was the, mm-hmm. it was the next 20 that were, I stuck around in the restaurant business about 10, 10 years longer than I should have. I should have gotten out and done something different. Um, I, uh, I actually toyed with the idea of going and getting a law degree and, 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 and doing that. But I knew I'd never make the money back from it. Um, uh, but, um, and you know, it, that, that, that's a serious amount of, uh, serious amount of time. Um, plus you can't, you really can't work much when you're, when you're doing that. Um, yeah, you know, sure. you, you, uh, you have a difficult time. Um, I would have had a difficult time doing that. So, but, uh, uh, they, they, cause they, you know, that to me seemed like it would be fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, but it, it's, uh, yeah, the restaurant industry is not, it's, it's not for people who want to, uh, uh who want to go in and work 40 or 50 hours a week and consider yeah. that that's a good full solid week. It's going to, there are weeks that you can do that. All right. If you're, oh, especially yeah. if you're good at it. Okay. But boy, there's a lot of times where it's just, and it wears on you. That's all. Yeah. We were, our, our bar was right across the street from home, the home plate entrance for Coors Field. Uh huh. So we had 82 home games a year. So yep. during those weeks, I'm, I was pushing a hundred hours a week. I, I believe it. You know, yeah. and, and then it's like during the winter when the Pepsi Center used to, well, it used to be for the Nuggets and the Avs, when that would be going on, the other side of Lodo was more lit. We'd still get busy, but that's when I could kind of shave my hours back. But it, I would kill myself during the summer. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, it was kind of, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Like I said, I stuck in, I stuck around in 10 years longer than I should have. So, um, yeah. but that's, that's kind of the story about, about me. I kind of, I've watched you enough now to know what your, your story was you know, very similar and what, uh, like I said, that's why I said I probably stuck around 10, 10 to 20 years longer than I should have. So, uh, but, yeah. uh, uh, but I still, I, you know, even at, even 30 years into it, I was still having fun sometimes, but, but that's what I was going to say too. The other thing about it is look, I didn't do it and hate every day. I had a lot of fun doing it. And I liked the people I worked with and we, you know, it, it, it can be a fun environment. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, like me, if you're somebody that just doesn't want to sit in a cubicle or something, cause I could never, I could, I could never do it every day of the week or that couldn't be my life. Right. I, I couldn't just, have been my life either. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, it, I only had a cubicle a couple of times in, in my career and I very seldom ended up there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm talking about the people um, who are there day in. Day I know. Out. I, I, I would... couldn't, I couldn't do it. Uh, I understand why they should be in there doing it instead of. Oh, I'm glad there are now. people who can yeah. do it Yeah. because I can't. So I'm glad <laughs> there are you. those people who are into it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's, well, let's jump into a few subjects here and see how much we get through because there's a there's some weird stuff going on 
Yeah. Um, the first one I just added in and we were talking a little bit backstage before we came out, but um, I wanted to ask you just what your thoughts are on why Uber pool is back and why <laughs> at the same time Lyft had had it still, but now Lyft has ended it for good. Yeah, that's an interesting part that Lyft has ended. I'm glad they've ended it for good. I Uber's doing it for the money. And Uber says there's no money for them to make, but yeah, there is. They're the only ones that get more out of it. Uber drivers, I, I don't know a single driver that I've that I've met, and I've met thousands of them. Um, mm-hmm. And they that have that have said to me, "Yeah, Uber Pool makes sense." Um, everybody I met in D.C. they would say the same thing. Or yeah. when I was in. Uh, you know, my office was in Dallas, right? So if I was in the Dallas area, I used Ubers all the time and uh, they hated it. I mean, they literally hated it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's all nothing but problems. So I, if I were still driving rideshare, I sure wouldn't do it. Um, and, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of my thing is like, first of all, <laughs> why is Uber bringing it back this far after the pandemic? And why did Lyft wait? till this far after the pandemic to end it you know it's like obviously lyft follows the moves of uber i don't understand why they still do um lyft seems to be very much struggling i don't think that's anybody's surprised to hear that they're struggling um but uber i agree with you i was reading an article that said that the users the customers who use uber uber pool save only about 20 percent on what they would pay for their own car. And I was thinking to myself, man, post pandemic, look, I'm not a millionaire, but I'd rather pay the 20%. Right. I mean, why get in a car with somebody else that you have no idea? Yeah. Um, The only thing they're doing it for it's, 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 you know, unfortunately between Uber and Lyft, it's always been a race to the bottom. It's, you know, the rideshare business, these guys like to fancy themselves as a, technology company no they're not they're a cab company that's it simple as that um it is simple as that on the uh, you know i I listened to somebody else this morning talking about this i can't remember who it was but as i was driving around maybe it was last night on uh um it it i i listened to pedro's live i was too tired Mm -hmm. yesterday to um to do anything more but I, uh, i i heard a guy say well um, you know, they're, they really aren't uh, a technology company and they don't want to be a technology company. He was referring to DoorDash. And I said, oh, yeah, they do. That's yes, exactly do. what they, wanna they, and the oh, they want to do. And the reason they want is yeah, because these, uh, these venture capital people, these VC people will throw 50, 60 times the money at a technology company than they will. Uh, a logistics company. Logistics doesn't make as much money. And, and certainly the cab world, that's a very low margin, always has been, okay? Yeah. Moving people from point A to point B has just always been a low margin business. And uh, same thing with uh, logistics when it comes to delivering food. As a matter of fact, one of, when, I, when I first saw Uber Eats, one of my buddies that was a driver, he said to me, he goes, well, what do you think, John, on, on delivery? And I said, I'm telling you, Jamal, it's the, it, it's the, uh, the worst part of the restaurant business. I said, you know, the only people to get paid and make less money than a delivery driver is a dishwasher. 
Okay. Now that was before the pandemic. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when I did, you know, we each did some, some Uber eats and he went, boy, you're not kidding. He goes like, you know, I made $4 and, and it took a half hour, 40 minutes. I mean, and we were used to making, you know, most days anywhere from two fifty to, uh, to $400 at that time. Um, sure. and, uh, it, it would take most of the day. All right. Because back then we would hang out at the airport during the day. Now at night I would hang out near the bars and, and, and or the colleges. But, uh, uh but during the day, well, well there was nothing else to really uh, do because we didn't have, you know, DoorDash and Uber Eats and all that like that. I would just sit there waiting for people to come in and, and I would still be able to make pretty good money on it. Eventually, mm-hmm. eventually we, we each did our own kind of car service and that is where you can actually make decent money, but it's still a low margin business. So I don't understand why, why Uber, other than they're going to make another 20%. So for every nickel they can, they can get on, you know, each of their billion trips a day or whatever it's up to, uh, that's a lot of money. And so that's all they're looking at. Um, so unfortunately, yeah, I, 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 I always try and like not put the tinfoil hat on, but try and see what are you guys really up to? Cause let's be honest, we've watched Uber buy and sell autonomous three times. Yeah. VTOL, you know, was just a complete joke. I mean, and that it was 2025 in LA, they were going to be landing on every rooftop with these vertical takeoff landing, you know, come on guys. And that's where I get to even like, where do these venture capitalists, why don't they do some research and understand this isn't real? (laughs) Well, you see, they're, they're making a market. So they don't, that's the problem is they're just market makers and they're not really that terribly concerned about with all the money that is available out there. They, they, there's more money available than there is good product. I mean, it's, and it's been that way. Uh, back to the days when I was at uh, Roasters, um, when uh, my partner and I met with a couple firms um, and big firms uh, down in down on Wall Street, and there was a ton of money they'd throw at us. But when when we looked at everything and put it all together, it was it wasn't going to work anyway. <laughs> so because what we were looking, Roasters Court filed bankruptcy, and we were actually looking to purchase the whole thing and take it and, and hopefully make it, make it work, not just for us, but for everyone. And, uh, and then eventually get out of it. Um, but, uh, it, it cause it, back in those days, we believed it was going to be the same thing as Boston. You know, there was Boston chicken and there, there was Kenny Rogers roasters. And we thought it'd be synonymous with McDonald's and, and Burger King. And that never materialized. So, I mean, Boston market still has, I don't know, maybe 150 locations across. Well, they're actually there in Denver. They're based in, Denver. I was going to, I was going to say, yeah. we have a, we have a couple, but not, you can't find many. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's because they're based in, <laughs> we have one here. Um, hold on a second. I got to send this. Somebody just asked me to go do a dumpling order. Um, but, uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, that I don't. It, it, that's it. It's just money. That's all there is to it. And it's not a lot. But remember, it doesn't have to be a lot for Uber to make that turn into millions of dollars. Because even if it's a nickel a ride more, they're they do enough of them. It uh, uh, it's all a numbers game when it comes to that. Um, and I, you know, the whole. I, I it's not something I'd I I would never. I, like I said, I would never uh, do a. I wouldn't do a, a shared ride period. Uh, yeah, um, no. I've done. Just, I've done. I did my share of them, but 
it was, I mean, a, a handful only just to learn they never did like for those, for that time of day and how long it was taking me and the aggravation of multiple people and them at sometimes at the time, adding another, a third person, once you already had two, yeah. it was like, you know, I mean, you just, I, I would look at it at the end and go, I, this is not, you don't do these. This, there was never, I guess there was never a, a time where it's like, Oh, Uber pool's great. Even like for a month or two or anything, it's like no, got introduced. It, it was horrible. Yeah. And, and, uh, and there was, it, you know, again, it was always from the beginning, only going to pay Uber and Lyft. Those are the only people that are going to to make anything out of it. Now it does surprise me that Lyft is pulled completely out of it. Although with all their issues, mm-hmm. I, I think that would just complicate it even further. So I think, uh, uh, you know, we'll see what happens as Risher gets his gets in and starts to make things happen. Yeah, there was actually um, there was actually an article that came out on was it yesterday, maybe or Saturday, uh, maybe it was even Friday that said that uh, um, that he, he that Lyft CEO had announced that the ride sharing company is open to acquisition bids. And he didn't follow it up with we're actively seeking or anything, but so just some of the terminology in there made me think somebody needs, somebody's talking to you. Well, I'm sure they, you know, if the most, the one that would make the most sense would be Amazon. Um, right. Uh, because they have the money and, and, and he's got a long history with them. Um, and, uh, and he was, you know, very, I mean, he was like their 37th employee. I mean, he was very, uh, matter of fact, there's still a, um, and what do they call it? An Easter egg on uh, the Amazon site. Uh, That's uh, a thank you to him for what he did for their retail and logistics part of it. So he's, he knows what he's doing. So uh, it's just a matter of uh, you're right. He hadn't done it for 10 years or whatever the time frame is, but my guess is he's, uh, he's known as one of the top 25 most influential people in Silicon Valley. And that's pretty, that's pretty impressive because there's a lot of people out there that are very impressive so but i have i have to wonder what amazon would gain from it i mean if they want to do rideshare yeah i get it but i mean like they have a bit a much bigger database than lyft could sell them and what does lyft have to sell them i i would say probably the software and the structure to get it you know the the code and what have you to get it to happen instead of developing it themselves the network of drivers, although that's not hard to replicate, I get it, but it's not, but it, it, you know, it does come with a cost. So they would save all of that development and um, they get another thing, you know, Amazon wants to be everything to everybody. So, and that's what they're really uh, still looking to be, Uh, you know, no matter whether it makes money or not. And really the only thing that they make money on is AWS with the rest of it. Um, is still a cash loss. Um, yeah. So if they didn't have their server business, they'd be in serious trouble. Um, yeah, I but, saw uh, that they've pretty much stopped with the stores. And I know they were slowing down, but it looks like they're just kind of done with those Amazon stores. And Yeah, I, I, I went in I went in with uh, uh, my son to one of those, at least when they first started the one, the, I can't remember what they called it, but what you did is you walked into the store, this is mm-hmm. in San Francisco, and everything you took, Mm-hmm. And you just walked out the door, right? And, and it tallied it, it automatically yeah. charged it to your Amazon account and charge your credit card, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. which I think is pretty cool. I, I, I just said to myself, I don't think I, I'm not sure how that's going to work long term. But uh, 
Uh, and of course, today now they have people, they have gangs of people coming in oh, and God. taking everything. So yeah. uh, I wonder if they each have a uh, an Amazon account or not. But uh, um, and I they, they with everything that's going on in San Francisco and L.A. with that. So oh yeah, actually, I'm, all I'm surprised things. it um, took Walgreens like as long as it did for them to just go. Wait a minute, we're getting robbed too much. Yeah, like because it was they were getting robbed. They were getting robbed with the police there. Mm-hmm. And the police wouldn't even chase the people down if it was just like a pillowcase worth of stuff. They were just yeah, like, and, well, that's well. what happens when you stop worrying about, uh, you know, what the law is and just say, okay, we're going to let you, if they're not going to, if, if they're not going to do anything to the people they, they mm-hmm. lock up, well, what do they think is going to happen? You know? Or if they're not even going to lock them up. <laughs> or if they're not even going to lock. Well, I think it started with, they would lock them up and then the cops would say, wait a minute, it all got dismissed. And then somebody called him on a carpet for locking up somebody. He only stole $895 worth. You know, he needed another $5 more to make it a felony. Uh, well, 900 bucks, 895 is a lot of money. Okay. It is. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, whatever it takes to make it to that next level. Who, who cares that, you know, that that's still serious money when it comes to the person that owns that place. Um, you know, 100%. And, and and there's no insurance for that. Everyone talks about that. I hear that a lot, especially in the gig world. You can't insure against those things. Right. Um, yeah. I, I guess somewhere you could get probably Lloyd's of London or somebody to, to offer that, but you wouldn't be able to afford to pay it um, because the, those are things that business owners have to have to eat it on. Uh, now, it's different when they come in and smash windows and all that kind of stuff. But I'm talking about normal pilferage. You can't insure yeah. against that. That's uh uh, it's not an insurable loss. You, you, you know, I, I guess if they came in and smashed everything and took it and, and broke in overnight, all those things, yes, those are insurable. But the things that go on in some major cities now, it's really would be very difficult to have insurance for that. So I don't blame them. I'd pull out too. I'd look at wherever they are. And, I, and Amazon, I'm, yeah, I, I use Amazon a lot. I mean, I buy stuff on Amazon all the time. I, I've never been uh, a big fan because of how they've gotten to the size they're in. They all they've done is kind of like what Uber did with, you know, with the cab companies. That but they did it in the trucking world. They, you know, they just they they got in a race to the bottom. And uh, yeah, you know, you look at a UPS driver making forty two or forty four dollars an hour, and even the the employed. Um, uh, even the employee, um, the employees of actual Amazon are only making fifteen dollars an hour to uh, um, uh, to do delivery. That's not a lot of money. Um, yeah, no. even it, even the long haul haul truckers are bidding to the bottom too now on these boards. Yeah. See, they're just of, kind of looking at these orders, like you know, or, or these long haul multi state orders, and they're like, nobody's going to take that, and then somebody takes it. They're like, what? The? Yeah, it's a and and you know no one wins in a race to the bottom, so it's it's uh, you're gonna gonna lose no matter who you are. Um, you know the only the only people that can do that is uh, is governments, and uh, uh, you know they China can produce all this steel and then dump it here in this country for nothing. Okay, uh, well, at least they used to be able to um, a, a, until we wised up and said no, you can't do that anymore. But you can't do that um, as a company and survive. You're you know, you have to, you have to make money in the end. Um, that's, 
and and that's the biggest problem for Lyft. Lyft is they've got to get to the point to where they're actually making some money. And um, and same thing with Uber. Uber loses more than Lyft does. Yeah. But because they have so much, uh, so much larger mass, and they've convinced the. Uh, they also have global reach too. Yeah. Well, that's what or, I mean. They have so yeah. many locate. They have so much business in different parts of the world. They have now convinced and and they spend so much money on you know uh nbc cbs abc all those companies they spend you know espn the whole nine yards they uh no one wants to uh, ad address the real issues when you listen to them uh do a uh, an interview with dara kashashai i just laugh i say mm -hmm. you know why aren't they following that up with any of the important questions like you know last year uh you lost 9.2 billion dollars uh how are you going to stop that okay well we had a 300 million dollar positive cash flow in the quarter no no you didn't when you subtract your <laughs> esc which is the employee stock compensation it's actually a negative it was a negative cash flow 1. Uh, 1.1 billion or something like that in the last fourth quarter of, of 2022. And I was like, but no one's pressing him on those things because yeah. Cause they're they, too in bed with them. Yeah. They've re they've recreated this adjusted EBITDA number to where everyone, that's what they're talking about. Even Burger King. I, I laughed when I, when I read their last results because of I, knowing what Burger King used to earn and what they're earning now, I just laugh because they're all touting what a wonderful job. Well, it really isn't such a great job. Back when, before they were public and before they, when they were owned by, um, uh, they were owned by a really largest company in the world. Um, uh, they, uh, they, th th we would get the numbers because we would, we knew what the, what the company had to provide. And back then I want to say it was like 800 million. Uh, and um, uh, a year is what they were the last time I remember us being a part of Diageo. And of course to Diageo, that was a, you know, drop in a bucket. It wasn't a lot of money, um, but $800 million, almost a billion bucks. That's, and that was 15, 20 years ago. That was serious money. Um, yeah. And, Eventually they spun it off. But now when I read what they make, I go, uh, boy, it's a, and I, you know, profits are that just that it's actual profits. It's not, uh, you know, some funny, uh, it, you, you can't pay it with monopoly money or funny money. It's, you know, it's not adjusted EBITDA, it's EBITDA. Um, and, and if you, uh, if you do have a cash flow, it's real cash flow, not, you know, not adjusted downward because you've, you can subtract out this and subtract out that, but everybody's letting them get away with it. I don't, I don't get it. I really, you know, but if you look at the good, you know, the big long-term investors, they won't touch a company like Uber or Lyft or any no, of those no. because they, they know that the companies aren't going to make any money. Um, yep. it, and, and, I mean, and it's going to get worse. The more they. Uber's they 15 years in now. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so. And, and that's why it's, you know, I remember reading when, when uh, Kashishai first took over, he was given a, a bonus of a hundred million. If they could get the valuation when they became public, if they could get the valuation to a hundred million, uh, no, wait a minute, to, uh, I'm going to make, make sure I say this right. No, I did a hundred billion rather get it to a hundred billion dollars and maintain it for 90 days. They were going to pay him a hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. And 
that was a big deal in all of these different markets. Well, <laughs> there's a really important reason. All those people that were giving him this money, they had they were going to make billions of dollars. And the only one that ended up, uh, Kalanick is the only one that ended up making the money that he, that they should have made. They all should have sold as soon as it went public. Um, yeah. And it's never going to get, my prediction is it'll never get back to what it was when it went public. Because um, oh, the company's no. always been overvalued. No. Okay. And what uh, Uber, Uber come out at over 50, right? I want to say seven, um, seven. I know Lyft five. was in the seventies. Yeah. I, um, I, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, actually. whatever it was. Um, I mean, like, I don't, I don't think they'll cross back over fifty. I, I don't, um, I, I don't either. And even though they had a good um, first quarter, and the, and the stock actually became worth more, I, I think Uber is going to continue to struggle um, until they start making real money. And they could, they could do it tomorrow. Um, you know, it, look at what uh Risher did with lift right away knocked out what what what, what was the percentage like 40 percent of the people um yeah or well, 30 like, percent yeah, or whatever 2600 and then it was yeah. like then everybody has to come to, back to the office and if you didn't you were fired <laughs> and it was like, he was like coming up with different ways of even doing it like like we're going to trim the fat here i mean these guys should have been doing that for a long time i i mean i hate to see people lose their jobs but you can't just make up jobs I, I agree. I, I hate to see anyone lose their job. Um, yeah, when it first started, um, it was valued. And it just tells me it was valued at $69 billion in the IPO. Um, but um, uh, it doesn't give me the per share profit. Well, actually, um, it says here that it began trading at $45 a, a share. And that put them at $75 billion. And okay. uh, so it depends on which one you actually believe. But, um, yeah, it, you can make money on Uber trading in and out of it. You can't make money. Any. It's not a it's not a solid investment because the company is constantly being decreased in value with all the all the employee stock compensation is just uh, really making the company worth less and less and less because um, they got to keep uh, increasing the number of shares to people to keep them. And then, which I don't quite get, you know, they, I'm not sure where these people at Uber would go. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking, you know, I don't know why they need to pay $200,000 to one of their engineers. I just don't get it. Um, I, I just don't see why they have to pay that much, but that's me. I, uh, and yeah. I can tell you, I, I can tell you this, I would go in and take Uber or Lyft, either one of them. And then, uh, six months, I'd have it uh, generating cash because I'm used to operating businesses. Anyone who's been in the restaurant business for a long time, you 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 earn a slim margin bit business. If I made ten percent or twelve percent net on the bottom line, and that's after everything's paid, mm -hmm. um, you know I'm a hero. All right, yeah. um, and <laughs> it wasn't easy to do that. No, you These have to get your costs down at the most. Yeah. Yeah, cutthroat levels and still yeah. be putting out good product and exactly yeah. it's very so, hard to do but uber <laughs> you know uber go in and you cut do just what Richard did go in and cut 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 and um and then uh, let's see you know still get the basic fundamentals of the company that's probably the reason why he's not he's getting rid of uh the uh, pool rides is because that probably takes more people to manage that function 
But Uber doesn't want to do that because they're making, they're all making so damn much money in, in, uh, in their stock compensation. It's ridiculous. Even though the stock's performing poorly, if you look at over time, it's, it's horrible. Um, and, uh, and now if you take the per share value, it's much lower than, than what it was when it first started because of how many additional shares have been. And they have, I think 10 or 12 billion in debt. I'm like, what is, why do they, why did they borrow money? <laughs> and then yet you heard another, well, we're going to buy this other company now. Why? I mean, mm -hmm. what in the world are they thinking about? Yep. But hey, that's, you know, as long as they keep doing it. So that's kind of off the, uh, I think off the topic now, but uh, oh, we you can edit all the parts time. of it. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I don't edit this. Oh, no, okay. The audio podcast goes, man. Um, okay. But I would, I, I'm going to try and group this piece into a couple different things because I, I want to make sure we hit on this topic. And so this, um, I want to talk about some of the bills going on, like we don't need to be specific or we can be, but I want to talk about like why Colorado's failed, why Illinois is trying or why they're trying to make them common carriers. Mainly I want to, I really want to hit on what just happened in Minnesota um, where they were trying to tie it into Senator Omar was trying to tie it into um, like funding of other bills. I don't remember what you call it when you attach a bill to another bill, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's, I always think it's junk because that shouldn't be the way it is because it can screw up a good bill. Yeah, they're called amendments, but uh, yeah, okay, so amend it. yeah, yeah. So, but I, I, I think every bill should have to stand on its own. But regardless, they were at their, you know, their D Day, and they they took it to, um, uh, they they took they, the the Senate committee sent uh, sent Uber and Lyft regulations to the floor without recommendation, and. They got there and they were saying that, so like, okay, I hate to side with the Uber person at all, right? But they said that every Uber driver or every ride needs to carry a million dollars of medical insurance. The Uber response was, there is not one company out there that will provide us that. Like, it wasn't a question of we don't want to pay for it. It's too expensive. It's that it doesn't exist. They were asking them to do something that they can't do. It's not possible. This is in Illinois? Is that No, this is the Minnesota, Minnesota one. Minnesota one. Okay. And then the other part of the Minnesota one, because I didn't like that. Obviously, I mean, look, if you if you want to go for it and try and get some money out of them, I get that. But I mean, if you're going to make it impossible, what's the point? But the other part that was really scary to me was that they, they were saying that any time a driver had their app on, they were to be insured by Uber. Now... Why would that be the case? Because if I'm going on a road trip, I'm going to turn Uber on, even if I'm not taking rides. And just in case something happens, so I'm double insured. Well, it, it, you actually probably wouldn't have any insurance other than Uber at that point. If you had to, and, and you disclose that you had the app on, which you'd have to do through sure. subrogation. You, 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 you wouldn't, you, most people, I think it's night. Last time I checked, it was over 90% of drivers don't have the proper insurance to drive oh, I'm people sure. around. And I'm sure that's, that's crazy. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why Uber doesn't just fix it by requiring every driver, at least those that do it. You know, let's say you do, let's say you do a hundred rides a week. Okay. Well then you have to have your own commercial insurance and then it's your policy. Nobody else's. And, and, 
um, in, in the end, uh, that would, and it's not as, ex, as expensive as at least here in North Carolina back. And I haven't looked at this since 2018 is when I went, uh, September, 2018, I went back into the W2 world, but, uh, but it was costing about $300 a month here for, for 100% commercial insurance. It's probably but but now 500 a month. Pardon, yeah, yeah, but I was going to say that's, we did, we had that here too. Like when 2015, 16, if you, first of all, I don't even think I, we knew to have it then. <laughs> yeah. That's and true. unless you really deep dove it, I mean, there was really nothing about it, but, but then when you start hearing about it, if you called it was very expensive for commercial insurance. Now a lot of these companies have gig insurance. Well, in, in a lot of cases though, even the gig insurance would be limiting as to what it would offer and provide, but it it's better than nothing. Don't get me wrong. I right, just, right. I don't understand why they just don't make it. If you're going to do it part-time, then require them to have a rideshare rider and, and, and okay, that'll take care of that. But some places, some of the rideshare riders don't cover delivery. You get, you had, you guys had a uh, a guy on that was an insurance business, and they wouldn't even insure delivery only. Um, right, I stable. Remember. I've had yeah, Buckland stable on, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, you know, it's a it it's an issue that needs to be dealt with. And again, that gets us into regulation, forcing people to do it because these companies aren't going to do it on there. I don't understand why Uber, though, doesn't. When I first started, you would get, I don't remember the number. I think it was a dollar a ride. If you did not, yeah, it was a buck a ride. If you did not have their insurance, you would get an additional dollar for every ride. And I, I just went and did the math on it when I first started and said, hey, you know what, I'm it's going to cover my cost of the insurance. So why not do it? Um, yeah. But we had a ton of people in Raleigh have these tiny little Corollas that were falling apart, but they all had for higher tax. <laughs> okay. And yeah. they, and that's because they were getting a dollar, dollar 50 a ride in addition to whatever they made. And they take everything because the idea was they wanted as many rides as they could get. All right. Now it doesn't help. That doesn't help the quality of, you know, the, the ride for the customer, you know, for the, the rider's not going to be happy as they you know, get picked up in a, a Toyota Corolla. It's about to fall apart. But um, again, Uber isn't all that worried about it because they'll just get another one that's not falling apart. <laughs> right. Yep. And uh, deactivate that person and, and move on until they get, you know, an, another vehicle with whatever's broken. But I do think that the, uh, I think that's if, if they have a million dollars per claim, I don't get why that would be. That doesn't I, I don't know what they're expecting. I mean, I, that's the kind of number that a tractor trailer has. And and uh, at least they used to have. I don't know what they have today. But, but, you know, that's the kind of insurance that tractor trailers have to have because they can do they can very easily do a million dollars worth of damage. Um, but. I don't know why you. I, 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 my feeling was is they were literally pushing. This was almost like, yeah, we know you can't do that. We want the cab industry back. We want you gone. Yeah, I, I mean, don't... luckily it didn't pass. They stayed. They stayed till seven at night, and they were all like, run, they were. This was running late. They were trying to amend it on the fly, on the floor, and like they were just at every even even both sides of the aisle were getting to the point of just shut this down. Yeah. Just stop, you know? Yeah. 
Like, well, I think a lot of that is is along the same lines of things like we're going on in Congress right now. If you let the far left decide, you know, uh, we would we'd no longer have the cattle industry, and when you know, and fossil fuels would all be eliminated. But I'd sure love to see how AOC goes would would get from New York City to uh, uh, to DC every week because uh, she wouldn't be able to fly back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because there is no aircraft that can go for uh, for an hour, an hour and a half on uh, uh, on a on a battery, um, and and it's going to be a long time before there is one. <laughs> but without I, but without but getting guess. specific, because I've seen comments from you too on these, like the the bill that failed here in Colorado about transparency and right to challenge uh-huh. wrongful deactivation. That's going on in other states, and other states want this, and other states want this active time pay and per mile and they've added money to it and they're just all over the map. I'm so glad the pro act never happened, but at the same time, like now these States are all just going crazy independently on what they want. And they're, some of them somewhat look alike, but some of them don't at all. What, where, where do you, and I, I'm pretty sure I feel like it's going to come down to state by state, but where do you think the generic is going to land here because for a long time they were avoiding these regulations, but I don't know how much longer they're going to avoid things. Yeah. I don't, I, well, I think that especially in the more liberal States, you're going to have, uh, I think they're going to come up with more and more regulation of it. And I think how you've, I think how that gets fixed. And this is what we is, you know, if, if everyone's correct and there's 65 million people in this country that are doing gig work. Okay. Guess what? If, just 10% of those people were to send a letter to their Congress, their U.S. Congressperson and both senators. I can guarantee you there'd be a bill on the floor in this Congress, if not multiples, because there, there needs to be some regulation of these companies. And what I think it's going to look like is those issues like insurance. I don't mean health insurance. I'm talking about the automobile insurance. How is that handled? Um, and then a per mile fee that makes sense. It's like, it's, it, uh, and I actually think that if you don't have, they don't have to look very far to see which one works. I think that Washington, Washington state may not get a lot of things right, but I think that in, in that case, I think the one in Seattle and, and the rest of the state of Washington, I think it's the right, that's the right place to start. And even though it sounds crazy, like Connecticut's bill mm-hmm. at, at, at the, at, at, at at first blush, it might look ridiculous. However, it's only 18 bucks an hour when you look at it on that end of it. And a dollar thirty a mile is what they're doing in Washington State right now. So it's about the same numbers. And because it's only active hours. And in most places, Uber drivers are only active 50% of the time. Uh, I don't care what. Right. And, and Dara Kashishai is quoting things that happened in 2021. In 2021, I was over 90% ocup- occupied or busy all the time. Okay. And if you put in everything, it was 100% because, you know, if I wasn't on an Uber, I, I was doing a DoorDash or sometimes I was doing both. Okay. So as we all, you know, I don't mean rideshare and, and, a, and a DoorDash, but an Uber Eats and a, and, a, and a DoorDash order. If they're going the same direction, they're, coming from the same restaurant, I wouldn't think twice about taking those, uh, at least back when I first started doing, uh, first started doing those, uh, a lot, that's what I would do. So I, I, I'd say, but today's world, you're talking about 50% of the time and Uber has recreated the word and the definition of time. I mean, give me a break. 
-hmm. there's 60 minutes in an hour. Okay. There's 24 hours in a day. There's 168 hours in a day. Nobody care. I mean a week rather. Uh, nobody cares how much, uh, how much time you're active. Um, and as much as in the end, they want to know how much do they make per hour. And, and, and they're not making that. We all know that because mm -hmm. um, they're talking about what the numbers that Dara Kashishai quotes. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing a clip out of one of the rideshare guys because he said, what do you think we're going to lie to you? And then I'm going to superimpose a hundred of the, not about a hundred times and a hundred, uh, uh, you got an additional tip after the trip, okay, that I know were not true. That didn't, of course, we think you're going to lie to us, okay? We're going to lie to drivers every day. If yeah, you if, have if, ever if, delivered. If we, look, if, if, if no, anybody out there doesn't think that, then why don't we have transparency? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you think that. Uber is telling you the truth on everything. Do you really think? And there was a guy on on one of uh, Pedro's lives once. I really believe that I get all the time. I'm getting all these extra tip. And I'm like, uh, no, you're not. That tip was already there. It's just that I did think that when I first got a few of them. OK, when I first got a, a few of those later, I said, oh, that's pretty cool. I guess they like my service. And then once I realized, wait a minute. Um, these are all, I'm only getting this every time I get an 11 or $12 order it, uh, or an order that, that was plus the surge. If I had, if I had a surge on it, let's say there was a $10 surge on that. So I got a $21 order, uh, later I'd get a, a, a message saying, Hey, we liked your service even better and tipped an additional $3 and 10 cents. No, they didn't. They had, that was on there from the beginning. I, I, I did a thing with my neighbor. I had him tip me ten dollars. Uh, no, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, no, eight dollars and one cent on this order. Mm -hmm. Right, and guess what? I got the offer at eleven bucks, and um, after you know an hour or two hours later, I got a message saying that Jim thought it was great in your service, so you got an extra penny. Okay, that was on there from the very beginning. Okay, um, right, and and there's not. I'm not. And but why do that? I mean, why do they do that? I, I personally, complete transparency needs to be there in all of them. Um, mm, show so us everything. I. Show us the mileage, and it can't be Instacart miles. I mean, Instacart, you know, they think we can drive through people's houses, and you know, we can obviously walk on water because if there's a river there, you can you know, go right through it, even though there's no road there or bridge, yeah. you can, because you know, they do everything on right angles or, or hard angles, I should say. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's nonsense. You know, most of the time on my Instacart rides, when I do them, the mileage is at least 30, 40% higher than what they actually put on the offer. Why? Because yeah. they can, because nobody's holding them to, to account. If they were required to pay per mile, which they should, um, then, then it, it solves a lot of the problems. The other thing I think needs to be there is they got to pay for Social Security and and Medicare. Those programs are going to go broke. All right, I, and yeah. I'm not worried about it for me because I'm you know I'm, I'm already collecting Social Security. All right, I'm already on Medicare. All right, so it's not going to change my life at all. It, it, actually, I'm going to pay more because of it. All right, but I'm okay with that because. 
I think everybody needs to be paying into it. And certainly the gig companies could set it up in a way to where they pay their, you know, their, their portion. I think it's 7.65% in total between the two of them. And um, they would do that. It's 15.3% total. Okay. Between, you know, the, the employee and the, and the employer, they, they pay their portion. All right. And then, they, you as an employee should pay your portion on what they pay you, not, not what they reimburse on mileage, but what they pay you for the additional fees, not what you make at the end of the year. I know a lot of people won't like that. All right. But guess what? If you don't have that, you're going to have a real tough time because especially if you do ride share, ride share, you pay very little in taxes. Um, you know, it's, yeah. And you're writing off so many miles, so many miles. I mean, I, I did a hundred in 2021. I think it was 126,000 miles. Um, that's a lot of driving. Um, yeah. And, and I got a deduction for every one of those miles. Yeah. I mean, um, so, uh, you know, and, and it, and, and those are the things that I think need to be addressed, but I, I think you could start with Washington state um, with what they've done. And then, you know, Congress will want to get, you know, get in and put all these other things to it. Again, what would, what, as long as you got everybody sending in letters, right. Or really, let's say there's five, but but it's so hard to get people to actually do it. I know from, from the para, from the para uh, driver's right movement that we did and that we've been doing, we have, we have 60,000 signatures now, but that came because we had access to people that just were like, yeah, we'll sign that fine, whatever kind of thing like it's very hard to go out and talk people into like what i gotta write something or email it or what do i have to do even if like you were to give them the email here's the email address you know here's what you, all you need to say in there <laughs> like, yeah i'm gonna set up a letter or several letters that you can send to people and then put them on on the youtube channel once i get to publishing these videos so that people can go in and say here take this you you put your your congressperson in you put your senator and you don't even have to write a letter call that's that's what we did call their office yeah well that's and that's what we did on the driver's rights movement was we said we had a place where you could fill it in but we also had an autofill that would show you like basically just uh the points that needed to be hit on Mm -hmm. so that you were it it would just fill it all you'd have to do is put your email on it yeah i well and and that's what but what we but that's what we need to do if we're going to make any difference and that's how you win uh, you know, and something like this. Now, for me, lifelong, I'm, I've never been for regulation, although be, because of what's happened with with in the past on various different things. But I got to tell you, in today's world, you know, I'll give you some examples of where I did fully agree with regulation. And that's uh, the airline industry. Um, you know, back in, and hey, you might still be too young to remember this, but if you're back in the 60s and 70s, every week, there were jumbo jets crashing, okay, because it was not. It was still the wild, wild west. You could walk on to a uh, plane with a, uh, with a weapon, no problem. And every week there were multiple, you know, hijackings. Yeah, I, I can right. remember a few, and I definitely I mean, remember going to, like, to Vegas with my parents and my grandparents, and I'd sit next to my grandpa, and he'd smoke a cigarette on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you would have people would, would, would carry on, you know, they'd carry on a weapon, and nobody would do anything about that. 
Um, and, and, and don't get me wrong. That's, uh, that's, uh, you know, no matter what you think about, um, uh, what is it? The second amendment. Um, uh, I, I, I still believe, um, that if there's times where you're right, I, I, on an airplane, I don't want, I, I don't want, especially some of the idiots you see today <laughs> getting in fights and everything else. Yeah. And people oh, yeah. would be dying on airplanes if, uh, if everybody was carrying a gun. So you don't, you don't, you know, some regulation, my point is some regulations good. And, and what's happened right now is the only one that's the only ones really looking to, to do anything with that and influence it is Uber and Lyft. And, uh, it's like right now they, they don't care about what the labor department has said only because they know that it's not any difference because they're using the totality rule. It doesn't matter, um, to them. There are a lot of others it may matter to, but it's not going to matter to, Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, Instacart, Shift, any of those companies, because it, they've already operated under those before with the Obama administration. And frankly, all they did was increase the verbiage and make it a little clearer. At least that's what my daughter said was it just now, you know, you you, you know exactly what will happen if you don't if you do this or don't do this. Mm -hmm. um, and and but it's not, you know, what she said to me is. You know, it's really simple. The only way you're going to see a change in any of this is, uh, is if everyone you know, started filing class action uh, lawsuits. And I said, uh, unfortunately, we can't do that because we're we agreed not to do that when we first signed up. She goes, yep. Yeah, that is that is a problem. Um, so, uh, but that's what I would tell everyone is opt out of that. You can still do it on Uber and Lyft. Um, can't do it on DoorDash. I, I've heard people say you can, and I'm saying no, you can't. Once you have to do it when you first sign up, or you can't do it in future updates. Yeah. Um, some of them don't even offer you the ability to opt out of arbitration. Now, those agreements would be hard to enforce um, be, because of existing laws that that exist and existing court, you know, rulings from that went all the way to the Supreme Court, and that is. If you don't give them another way to do it, you have to, <laughs> um, yep. you, you, you have to let them go to court. So, and, and although, uh, they may have fixed it too. I haven't read, uh, and some of the other ones I've seen, I haven't read their terms of service in a while. So, um, but, uh, um, it, yeah, it, that's the only thing we can do, Steve, is to get uh, people to write letters and call their Congress people. I don't want, you know, I, well, I don't care what the number is, is as far as I'm concerned. I just want, I want the worker safety net to be put back in place. There needs to be, you know, we went through a pandemic and uh, that's probably going to happen again. Maybe not in my lifetime, but it's probably going to happen again. Yeah, and you know what? After this one, I think uh, even Congress realized that they really blew it with how they did all that. So oh, people yeah. who are operating like we do, you have no protection. You can't, you can't collect unemployment. You can't get workers comp. Um, you, 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 cause, and those are things that were, those were regulations put in for really good reasons. Okay. If you go back to the industrial revolution, um, they, these companies didn't care about their workers. And so they died on, on the job. Okay. That's terrible. Um, like Uber, you know, we'll give them a couple thousand dollars to help with funeral expenses. Mm -hmm. What you do, you know, uh, yeah. you know, that family needs a million bucks to, uh, uh, 
to, to make up for that. And it happens. I mean, there's so much violence out there oh, yeah. uh, in today's world. I mean, people are being killed. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, one of the things before we wrap this up, one of the things I was going to mention was that, um, you know, I, I'm, I never thought in my lifetime I would ever hear about delivery drivers being in as much danger as rideshare drivers. I never, never even thought that that was a possibility. I, I didn't either. I really didn't. Although the first time that I had anything really bad happen to me, I was on a delivery. I was doing an Uber Eats delivery and somebody shot at me. Um, but it wasn't because of the delivery. It was because I blew the horn at the lady. Um, and okay. uh, uh, they, uh, and it was funny. My wife goes, well, you shouldn't have blown the horn at her. You got to be kidding me. She sat there for two cycles of the damn light. I'm going to blow the horn at somebody after a minute or so or, or 30 seconds <laughs> if they're not moving when the light uh, comes up. So, uh, but uh, cut to the chase. Uh, oh, my goodness. One of my regular members just ordered another big order. I don't think I can do it. But anyway, I would, uh, um, yeah, five, four to five. Yeah, can't do both. Oh, well. Damn, that's a good order too. Um, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't have thought that, but I, I now now that it is had, there's just more. I think there's more people doing delivery than there is anything else, and it's just a numbers thing that they're doing more and more. Plus, nope. there are so many people do this late at night, mm -hmm. and on door on rideshare, a lot of people wouldn't do it late at night. Um, I mean, I did when I, I did, did my too. chair, yeah. you know, I, I did, did it until after the bars closed. Exactly. In the when the bars shut so. down and that's when you made your most, that's when you made the most money. Yeah. Um, but, but on uh, most people, they don't, um, you know, they're finished by eight o'clock at night or um, I, you know, I, I listened to some people and they were saying, well, you know, I go out and only do it from six in the morning or seven in the morning until two or three in the afternoon. Well, you're missing most of the better part of ride share if you're doing it that way. Even seven, at least in this area, seven to, to nine. Yeah, it's fairly busy some days, but most of the time you have to be out there more like four o'clock in the morning to get the airport rides. And, you know, certainly from five until seven, you know, there's a ton of people going to work. And, uh, yep. well, oh, yeah. you know, that's where you would make your money if you did it there. But I still never made as much money doing that as I did the late night end of it. When I did the late night end of it, I, you know, that's when you made, that's when you made the most money and had the best stories to tell later about it. So, um. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, safety is getting to be a concern. I don't, I, I got to say though, I don't just think it's gig economy. I just think people are losing it. I, uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying is I just think it's larger and larger numbers of people that are just, um, you know, they're strapped and they're, you know, or they're they're listening and following the press, and 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 then they're reacting and responding. Um, it's like this lady that shot at me. I, you know, she's lucky. I didn't have a weapon because I wouldn't have missed if I if I got out. If I <laughs> when I stopped, I wouldn't have. And she's hanging out the window with the gun turned like eighty degrees down towards the ground, like like this, instead of actually aiming the thing at at the person. And I'm like, okay. Um, and they never caught her. Um, they, uh, 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 they even had the, uh, uh, the, the license plate through my dash cam. They never caught her. Um, well, 
because it wasn't her, it wasn't her car. And of course, no one would say who it was, right? Um, but why do you shoot at somebody for blowing the horn at you? I mean, I don't know, but you're not, you're definitely not the only one to say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm like, people do that all the time now. That's crazy. I mean, it really is. I mean, uh, you know, you, you, uh, Anyway, it's a shame because I, but I think that's what's, what's doing it. I just think people they're put and they're also, and they're alone. They're, they're not doing it with other people. Um, yep. And uh, I don't think, uh, well, actually in DoorDash, you can have someone, but you're not allowed to, they're not allowed to do anything, you know, right, f- right. for you. Um, yep. But even if you're doing that, you know, someone's got a gun, it doesn't matter. You know, the craziest story was the person in Florida. They got the guy got grabbed and pulled in. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see the video on that to see how that happened. I, I yeah. still don't get it. Um, how he got pulled in, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how he could have been pulled into it. Because um, he's I, probably just to just setting the bag down, and they were like at the peephole, is all I can think of. And he was yeah. trying to take the picture instead of stepping back. Mm-hmm. He was just taking the picture, like not paying attention. The door opened, they grabbed him, pulled him in. Yeah, well, if somebody came at me, I know exactly what I would do. <laughs> yeah, but I also I'm, not gonna, I'm also not going to lean over the bag and yeah, put I'm my not, head I'm against their be, door to take the picture. I'm stepping. When I take back that picture. I'm I'm seven eight feet back, so yeah. I'm going to have I'm going to have a chance to react to it. Now, if the guy was big enough, uh, you know, it probably wouldn't make a whole lot of difference. But, um, but uh, you know, he would have known at least when it was done with me that he'd been in a fight. But, uh, um, but the but bottom line is. Um, I, you know, that's the one I just said, God, it's, I mean, you know, you're talking about, a, you know, you gotta be a sick SOB to do that. I mean, that's just, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's like I, we had, well, he was here. too. I mean, if you look at the outcome of the situation, he dismembered the person and yeah, I mean, God, I mean so it wasn't cool. just a killing. It wasn't just to bring him in. I mean, he actually went completely over the top. I, he is, he's just a, you know, he's a psycho, but, uh, yeah. Well, here in, in North Carolina, in Charlotte, we had a driver when I first started doing it back in, 20, I think it was 2016, in the summer of 2016, he was killed. And these two idiots that, that took, that, uh, that killed him, they, uh, I don't, uh, my, my, my point to this is the, at the end of the story is I don't understand why he pulled up. He pulled over on I-77 and they took control of the car. I never would have done that, you know, when. My son asked me, well, what would you do? I said, well, it's really simple. I'd tell him either you drop that weapon or we're going to hit that Jersey barrier or we're going to hit yeah. a truck or something else. That's... I might die, but you're going to die before I do. Okay. Yeah. that's. I've always told people side. the same thing. Have a plan. And like yeah. mine and is always been, be, you know, run into I'm, something. Yeah. While I'm saying it, I'd be hitting the, you know, yeah. uh, hitting the gas and, uh, um, and letting it, you know, uh, uh, I, I'd be, you know, getting it up to, you know, 80, 90 mile an hour and, and, yeah. and, and they'd have to drop the weapon or I'd have to do just that. I mean, I, I would hope that most people actually think through those kinds of things, but this guy got, I mean, they, they took him down to Rock Hill, South Carolina and, and pistol whipped him and, and killed him that way. And then, then they're, you know, really brilliant. Uh, they went to Baltimore, which is where they're from. And, uh, they, they kept his credit card, his cell phone and, uh, and the $42 or whatever it was in cash that he had, but he, yeah. they were using his credit card, um, you know, along the way. So needless to say, they got caught, you know, very, 
very quickly thereafter. It was a couple of days later, but, um, but now this guy's got uh, four kids and a wife and he was in his thirties. Um, you know, it's terrible. Those kinds of things that happen. So yeah, all um, kinds of things. Yeah. Um, well, our time is up for today, but you. I'm going to, I'm going to have to have you back because there's so much to talk about. Yeah, there is. Um, Anytime you'd like, I'd be happy to do it. So, yeah. uh, um, any of your uh, any of the things or formats that you want to do, I'd be happy to. I, like right. I said, I'm never at a loss for words. So no. no. <laughs> so thank you everybody for listening, and thank you JP for joining me. Um, be smart uh, or be safe. Earn smart. We'll see you back here next week on the Rodeo Podcast. Have a good one, everybody. I'm